Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Beer and Money. I am Ryan Burklow. And I'm Alex Collins. And on today's episode, we're going to be talking about the two worlds that tend to, I'll say, collide. Uh, and those two worlds are insurance world versus the investment world. And the reason we're talking about these two worlds today is you've got two different sides of the industry that oftentimes don't really talk to one another, or at least it feels like they don't talk to one another sometimes. And oftentimes it's because of, at least in Alex, in my opinion, it's they can't find where the commonality is between the two of them. Yeah, it's it's hard to find the it's hard to find the bridge between the two of them. So on today's episode, we're going to talk to about that bridge. You're going to have a better understanding about the two different worlds, and then we'd love to hear about your experience with those two worlds. So let let's jump right in here, Alex. Um, let, let's jump into the insurance world. Sure. The insurance world, you know, and that's really the world that I came from when entering the financial planning uh, world. And for the most part, the, the training that I received was around product base, right? And it was all around, it was around protecting my clients um, from, from lawsuit and protecting their assets. And inside of that world, because they're trying to compete sometimes with the investment world, products that they make also get sold as possibly assets. Yeah. Um, uh, and it's, it's interesting to see when that occurs and the, the way and the method that that occurs. Um, the, some of the things that, that I've experienced both as a, as a professional in, in the industry, as well as a consumer um, is that it, it feels like the, the insurance world winds up being uh, cost driven and sales driven as opposed to value driven and um, you know, really helping folks understand what they're what they're getting and how it's working. I mean, I'm just thinking of all of the uh, the auto insurance commercials out there right now that are like, hey, we can save you 15 percent or 20 percent or whatever the number is. And there's absolutely no discussion around like, okay, what is protection? Like, what are you actually getting? And that, that just seems incredibly lost. It's, it's, it's been commoditized. Um, when in reality, like having, having a good home and auto agent is invaluable <clears throat> because inevitably at some point in our, in our lives, we're going to to need to have property and casualty insurance. We're going to wind up using it. We're going to be in an auto accident. We're going to have a home claim. We're going to have some type of insurance claim. And unless we're we're working with somebody who's truly a professional, like I can't tell you the number of stories that I've had clients come to me with where they are let down or disappointed come claims time because they didn't really understand what the difference between some of these different protections were. Yeah. And that's not to say that like I was one of those people, right? And it's it's yeah. not to say that I didn't care about my clients or that I was trying to do any harm. It was just what I knew. 
and to your point, they are, it felt as though and that they were commoditized. So it was, it was based on this, I can beat the price of your current coverage rather than actually sitting down and having a conversation with, hey, um, how much income do you have coming in the door or what's your net worth? Because in the end, if you were to get sued because of an auto accident, for instance, that's really what we're protecting. Yeah, it would, it's almost as though like auto insurance was just one thing. That there weren't necessarily like different levels of protection, different components inside of it in terms of how it worked or how it functions. And like until you get to claims time, most people really just don't understand like how big of a difference like structuring your policy just a little bit different can be in terms of like what actually happens. Well, it doesn't even have to be, you know, you we we're just not talking about auto and home insurance. This is all insurance products, like right, long-term care, life insurance, disability insurance, death insurance, insurance, right? Yeah. Like this goes across the board. And I mean, every one of those products. I'm sure is uh, sold, you know, based on, well, what's the minimum benefit that I need and what's the minimum cost that I can do for that benefit? Yeah, you're, you're, sold. Right. You're talking about like a, a needs-based analysis, if you will, um, as opposed to like, okay, what do we really truly want insurance to actually do for us? What is the point? What is the purpose? How does it work? And and the other side of this coin, Alex, is let's just face it. I don't know about you. Even though I was in the industry, I talking insurance is boring. Like no one really <laughs> wants to think about. Well, Correct. if I die, or if I get in a car accident, or if I get sick, or if I just need to go in a in a a nursing home, like let's talk about all the negative things that could happen, and then spend money to protect it. Like that sounds like a horrible conversation. Right. Oh, and I mean that's one of the reasons why. Uh, you know, a lot of Americans don't have proper legal documents in place is because all of the conversations that lead up to putting those things in place is like, hey, what happens if this bad thing occurs? Right. Nobody wants to have those conversations. It, the, the, the thing is that we need to have those conversations proactively because if we have them reactively, the decisions are already made for us. And chances are those decisions aren't going to be made in the way in which we would want them to be made. So none of these discussions are fun, but they're massively pertinent and massively important. And just to throw some icing on the top or whipped cream or whatever your fancy is, now some of those products can also build assets. Like I'm specifically talking around life insurance where you can possibly build it as an asset or it'd be its own asset class. So let's draw some, and it's a confusing topic for a lot of people understanding that. So it, it's just difficult. And so this insurance world is its own beast. And then how is it really talking to the, the investment world, right? So right. Let, let's transition here, Alex, to the investment world. Yeah, so uh, the investment world, um, the investment world is has always been somewhat fragmented in that there are different types of advisors, there are different levels of advisors, there's heck different terms for advisors: uh, financial representative, financial advisor, financial planner, wealth coach, wealth manager, um, 
you know, registered investment advisor, uh, res registered investment advisory firm, like all of these different terms. And, and my experience has been that the public really doesn't have a clue as to what the differences are between these things and 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 how they how they differ from a functionality standpoint, how they differ from a licensing standpoint, um, and, and and what these financial professionals are are allowed to do and what they actually uh, do for clients. Um, so it's it's it becomes massively interesting, um, and then you throw on top of that what you were just talking about, where you get uh, insurance professionals that that are now saying like, oh hey, we're in that space too here is this awesome, wonderful thing that's the best thing since sliced bread. Uh, maybe it is, maybe it isn't, but they 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 either believe it or they've been coached to, to sell it that way. Um, and and it, it, it confuses the everlasting heck out of the out of the public because now they don't know who's doing what, why and how. So you've got this confusion going on, and then you know, let's just face it. From a conversation standpoint, the investment side is the the more fun conversation to have, if you will. Oh, uh, sure. You know, talking about you know growing your assets and where to put money, and and that world, oftentimes this investment world, how often are they talking to the insurance side? It depends on who you're working with, right? Right. That, that's the big the big thing there. But their focus, you know, a lot of focus tends to be on, well, let's look at where you're investing and let's see what type of rate of return we can get on those investments. Yeah. Like if you're working with a, a good investment professional, like they might start diving into uh, more strategic plans where you're getting into. Um, how the assets are being held, what type of taxation there is. They're doing more planning work. Um, and the, there are some people that wind up, you know, sitting in both worlds. They sit in the investment world and they sit in the insurance world. Um, I mean, I, I came into the industry <clears throat> because I had a passion for investments. And the world, like how I came into the to planning was I came into it as a planning consultant as a financial advisor, where I was licensed both in the insurance world and in the investment world. But really where, where I was, was I wanted to be in the investment world. And it took years of being in the industry, being in both worlds, to really get to the point where there was a, a, a true comprehension of how these two worlds fit together. Um, like from early on in my career, I understood both products. But that bridge that we talked about at the beginning didn't exist. Insurance was insurance. Investments was investments. And then there were a couple things that were hybrids. But but they kind of, instead of bridging the gap between investments and insurance, it was almost like a third silo of like hybrid. So you had investments on one side you had insurance on the other and then in the middle there was this hybrid but there was no link between all three of them yeah and even i mean there's plenty of people out there that that really separate them when they speak the way that you just did and 
you know, we're not trying to say that, you know, they're wrong and we're right or, or vice versa. It's more of Alex and I's approach. We've found what that bridge is. And that bridge is really what we call your cash flow. Right. And so just just to define what we mean by cash flow, it's it's the income coming in the door, right? Either from your job or if you're retired, your assets or Social Security, I guess. And what it is you're doing with that money, how much of that money is staying on your balance sheet, how much of that money is going to taxes and lifestyle, how much of that money is going to maybe insurance, how much. Correct. Right? So that's and, that bridge. Yeah, I mean, really, cash flow is 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 your most important financial asset. And, and just try to live without it, and you'll see very quickly that you can't. Um, you know, and, and, you know, some people would say, oh, well, if I have enough assets, then I can live without cash flow. And it's, no, 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 your assets are then going to create the cash flow for you. Um, so you can't live without cash flow. Um, you know, just think of an example where you have, a, a tremendous amount of uh, illiquid assets and no cash flow. You're going to go broke. You're going to go bankrupt, and it's not going to matter that you have all these illiquid assets that you can't access. Yeah, if you own a ten million dollar home that's paid off, okay. So you've got a ten million dollar asset. Where are you pulling money from so you can actually, I don't know, pay the property taxes, <laughs> keep the utilities on, or put food on the table or like all of the other things that you need cash flow for. So when we talk about cash flow, cash flow is the most precious and important financial resource. And so when you're in your working years, your cash flow comes from your job. What happens if you get sick or hurt or pass away or something else prevents you from creating cash flow? Well, okay, that cash flow then comes from one of two places. It either comes from your liquid assets or it comes from insurance products. And it, the average person doesn't really care where it comes from. They care that it exists and that it's going to not stop. And so like that then becomes the thing that we talk about in terms of like, okay, well, how do we create unending cash flow? And like there, it's not a, oh, insurance is better or, oh, investments are better. It's really about having the proper mix of all of the various different structures that are there so that we can create balance and create unending cash flow. Because at the beginning, it's more, more important to have insurance and protection planning because there's not a way to build assets quick enough to replace the cash flow. And long term, you're not going to be able to have insurance uh, products that pay everything that you need. You're going to want to be able to have and build assets to be able to replace your income when you intentionally choose not to work, whenever that is. Whether that's uh, for you know taking time off for the birth of a child, uh, taking out time off to raise a family. Um, retiring early, whether, you know, part of the fire movement, retiring on time, retiring late, whenever it is, you're going to need assets to be able to create that cash flow uh, later in life. And, and later could be two years, five years, 10 years. It doesn't really, a specific age, that doesn't really matter. The point and purpose of investments is to be able to create cash flow later. 
Yeah, I was trying to think of an analogy of marriage. I'm not sure this is going to work, Alex, but if really you've got in the insurance world and the investment world, and let's just say they're married, right? And the reason they coexist is this this baby that's called cash flow. Yeah. That right? It's it's an interesting world that you created there. <laughs> <laughs> the the yeah, point I, that I, see where you're going. I guess the point that I'm getting at here is the insurance world and the investment world should be married, meaning you should be looking at your planning, looking at both of those. They should not be siloed decisions. Correct. It, it, we absolutely need to have both. And investments make terrible insurance products. And insurance usually makes terrible investment products. But yet you have to have both. You can't have one or the other. Um, now, like it, it's something where the the existence of kind of some of those hybrids doesn't make the hybrids bad. You just have to understand exactly how and why you're using it, and it really matters as to as to how it fits into the overall strategic vision. And most more often than not, people wind up massively misinterpreting and and creating bad comparisons of what a hybrid product is supposed to do versus what it actually does um and so like, you get people that are comparing like a hybrid product to either just an insurance product or just an investment product and you can't do that because it lives in both worlds well the thing and we've said this before there is no magical product Correct. Right. There is no, you know, everyone always says, well, I would never put all my eggs in one basket. Yet when they do a comparison, that's exactly what they're doing. Well, if I put all my eggs over here, this happens. If I put all my eggs over there, that happens. Well, that you're contradicting yourself. You just said you don't want to put all your eggs in one basket. Why would you compare it that way? Right. All, all of these things, whether it's an investment or an insurance product, doesn't, doesn't matter. These are all tools. And unless we're in a James Bond film, you can't just have a sledgehammer because the sledgehammer is not going to fix an engine. Again, unless you're in a James Bond film um, or a cartoon. But it, it's something where you have to have the right tool for what you're trying to accomplish. And, and then we can get into the debate of like, okay, well, what version of this tool do we want? But like, we really should have both a hammer and a screwdriver not exclusively one or the other. So the, the key takeaway that we're hoping is coming across is the insurance world and the investment world should not be separated. They should be looking that you should look at your entire financial picture, your holistic financial picture, making sure we're looking at the protection side, the investment side, and oh, by the way, make sure that cash flow is protected now and for the future. 100%. So we hope this was valuable for you. Let's get to the question of the day, Alex. Yeah, the question of the day is, what has your experience been in the difference between insurance professionals and investment professionals? And what we're trying to so, do here is we're trying to get you to think about just how, like what your experience has been and how you treat these people differently and how these people treat you differently. So head over to beerandmoney.net, 
And at the bottom of that page, there's a spot where you to for you to fill out the, the question of the day. Uh, we always look forward to those responses and we appreciate you all jumping on that and sharing that. We hope this episode was valuable for you. And as always, Mr. Collins. Cheers. This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not to be construed as tax, legal, or investment advice. Although the information has been gathered from sources believed to be reliable, please note that individual situations can vary. Therefore, the information should be relied upon only and coordinated with individual professional advice. Guest speakers and their firms are not affiliated with or endorsed by Park Avenue Securities, Guardians, or quantified financial partners, and opinions stated are their own. Guardian, its subsidiary agents, and employees do not provide tax, legal, or accounting advice. Consult your tax, legal, or accounting professional regarding your individual situation. All investments and investment strategies contain risk and may lose value. Ryan and Alex are registered representatives and financial advisors at Park Avenue Securities, LLC. OSJ 333 North Indian Boulevard, Fairmont, California 91711. 909-399-1000. Securities products and advisory services offered through Park Avenue Securities.